Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my podcast today. I'm so delighted to have you join me. And my guest today is Tracy Lamore, and Tracy is the founder and managing director of Lamore Media Incorporated. Hi, Tracy. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I'm, and I want to tell everybody, in case you didn't know this already, because of the beauty of how we live our lives today, is Tracy is coming <laughs> to us today from Toronto. And, you know, we do live a different life than we did a year, more than a year ago now. But thanks to the beauty of technology, we even can though still sometimes connect. you can't. You bet we can, Tracy, because sometimes we can't hug the ones we want to, but we can communicate. And because I love a great story and I love conversations and I love connections, you are the perfect guest for me. So uh-huh, thank, thank you. you. And I, I really, so I thought we could start off because I think it's important for people to know about my guests. I can write all the blogs in the world, but honestly, I think it's great when I, my guests can tell me and our listeners a little bit about themselves. So fire away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, professionally, I'm an international award-winning publicist. <laughs> this is my bio now, working across industries uh, and across borders. I absolutely love what I do. I, I look at it as I take my only projects that I really love and can get behind, and I look at it as elevating and celebrating what amazing people are doing, whether it's in entertainment um, or, in, or authors or public speakers or small and medium-sized businesses kind of doing their own thing and making their own way in the world. So that's what I do professionally. Uh, personally, i um, been married 26 years. I live about 40 kilometers from Toronto now in Hamilton. I'm a Toronto girl. And uh, two kids, now they're 28 and, and almost 18, so getting up there. And uh, mm-hmm. if it was 2019, before this new year, like you're saying, the, the weird world we live in right now. In 2019, I was all over the world from L.A. to um, you know, to, to Malta, to the Caribbean, to all on different business trips. And so I've kind of, I've been on, usually I'd be in LA at least once a year, and I haven't been for a year and a half now. So I've been joking mm-hmm. that it's Hamilton Mountain, not Hollywood Hills this year, but it's okay. This, this is still good. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, it's so funny, Tracy, because whomever I speak with, whether they are truly local or maybe they're across the country or, in in your case, over the border, can't wait to travel again. And I suppose Mm -hmm. there are many people that share that opinion to be able to travel, maybe to see family members that don't live near you, to travel because you just love the the travel experience. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. seasonal. Maybe it's location. Have you ever been to South Africa? (laughs) Meeting people. 
Yeah, you know what? Really. That was on my bucket list this year. I have not been to, but uh, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I was at the, um, it's kind of like South by Southwest. It's like a big music conference. You know, all the big stars come up to Canada. And I was at it, and mm-hmm. every year they focus on a different country or different. Um, and South Africa the, was the focus this year, you know, a year and a half ago, whatever it was. So they had uh-huh. all kinds of artists up from South Africa, music and culture and people speaking. So I was, and, and you know, I was speaking to the tourist people from there and to the, um, to the, uh, what do you, you know, the, the people, the government people that work in tourism. The and they were showing them, right. Yeah, there you go. Beautiful pictures of the sea. And, and I was like, wow. So I haven't been to Africa at all yet. And um, Ghana, I'm probably going to get a chance to go for client work next year. But now South Africa is definitely on my list for sure. It is. Why do you ask? It, it's the, I asked because that was my last international trip. Oh, um, lucky it girl. Was, oh, <laughs> and I was, it was in, and it was in um, – 19, I guess. Was it 19? Might have even been 18. It must have, might have been 18. You know what? I think it was 17. Where does the time go? I don't I can't keep track of it. But it is, right. it is a remarkable yeah. place to visit. And because of the kind of work you do, I can see where internationally you can be anywhere once, you know, right now, we, right now we Zoom, right? It's a whole new way of pivoting. But Yeah, I even could, before the yeah. Zoom world, yeah. Yeah, I was doing all kinds yes, of international indeed. work. I had more clients in L.A. at one time than I did here in Toronto. And then now it's about half and half to stateside versus sure. Canadian. But, yeah, it's literally a virtual world. I, like I say, I literally work anywhere where there's English-speaking media. So, and I get my clients, if you're in L.A., I might be getting, you know, I could be getting you in, in media in Africa. I could be getting you in media in Asia if that's what your target market is. Right. Anywhere where it's, right. it doesn't matter where you are. Or where the yes. humor is, or where the media is. As long as it's in the English language, we can work it. There you go. <laughs> well, and you know, Tracy, when you are entitled to fly into L.A., literally, I live about 10 minutes from LAX. So you what? and I will meet. Okay, next time we do coffee. Go. Yeah, for sure. Next that's time I'm telling you, you're gonna come, we're going to be absolutely sedate. That's, put me on your list. Okay. So I will fly to L.A. Out. just for that. <laughs> so you. And, I, and you can come and stay at my house. I've got room. Okay. So let's talk, I can't wait to hang out. <laughs> oh, me either. I just, I love what I do. Oh, and, and you love what you do, which is what we're talking about. Yeah, so exactly. So let's talk about, exactly. So, so you are a PR expert, and not everybody knows what that what it entails and what that means as a businesswoman. So maybe you could just sort of, what is your, what is, what is the PR business all about? Absolutely. And I'll, and you know, you're so right that most people don't, I mean, when you hear PR, people think, you know, governments and maybe, po- po- um, po- you know, celebrities. And of course that's, a, you know, they definitely have publicists, but it's also for any expert, any um, business owner, any entrepreneur. And the funny thing is, like you said, you're exactly right. 80, 90% of entrepreneurs, have no conception of how it would help their business. But when you think of it, that puts them at a huge disadvantage right off the top because there is not one major corporation in the world that doesn't have a communications slash PR department. And yet entrepreneurs aren't even thinking about that. So entrepreneurs, knew, you know, they know advertorial really well. They know how to talk marketing. They know how to talk about their business. They know how to place an ad and what to say about their, you know, compare their product to the other guys and all that good stuff. But that's not what you need to know when you're talking about getting media 
media attention. So the difference between advertorial and what I do is editorial. So advertorial versus editorial. Editorial is, you know, reporters interviewing you because you're an expert. It's not something you can buy your way into. It's people writing about you, talking about you, third-party verification basically of your expertise and the reason that's important to businesses is way more than you know an eagle trip of how it's nice about your name in the newspaper it's um the obvious is you know it attracts customers to you in the same way advertising does but much more than that because when you put if you're trying to differentiate yourself from your competitors say you're a real estate agent just using an example of a, a common job and two real estate agents look at their site they're usually very similar saying the same kind of great things about themselves so how do you differentiate yourself well if you're out there and you're getting interviewed on a national basis as a profile and you hear you're being quoted in readers digest about you know homes you and you search your name and all of a sudden all these different things come up that and then you put that on your website that's the difference between again that third-party credibility and helps um, customers choose you over the your competitor it helps elevate you over your competitor but even more importantly what I've come to realize so I wasn't even thinking about until recently is for people who are looking for um, funding I had a client hire me when they had just passed their board. They were just in the middle of their very sensitive pre-seed funding. They ended up getting half a million dollars when they moved forward to their seed funding. And in the middle of that, she told me after four, I guess, sorry, six weeks of working together, we'd done four articles and a couple of interviews we got. She literally said to me, you changed my business and my life. And when I asked, you know, why? What do you mean? Because I get a lot of accolades, but that was a pretty heavy one, right? She said, mm -hmm. it's made investors take us more seriously at a very sense of time, and that's everything. You know, investors, one investor going, huh, hmm, and reading that article, as opposed to, eh, well, what differentiates this from every other business plan on my desk, you know? Could be the difference between mm -hmm. somebody dropping a million dollars on your business. So it really wow. can help in ways I hadn't even thought of. And even if you're on the corporate track and not starting your own business, well, why would you want to do that? Well, then you're more valuable to the company you're in. It's more likely to get that raise, that corner office, or if for some reason you're let go and you're looking for work again, it looks pretty nice on a resume that you're, you know, you're quoted in Authority Magazine as an expert in your field. And, you know, these are ways that you differentiate yourself from your competitor no matter what you're doing. So that's, that's why. Terrific. That's what, what I do. And that's why it matters. And, you know, I'm wondering, when did you first, I don't know, I mean, you know, we didn't grow up together, we aren't neighbors. Well, when did you first think about um, um, being in yes. a PR career? I, that yeah, was yeah. a long time. I, yeah. Um, yeah, don't count me out, I'm coming to L.A. again. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, that was a long, a long journey. It was not something I went to school for. It was never something I was even thinking about. I, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I wanted to be in media. Like, not in media, I would have said I wanted to be uh, a writer, uh, a reporter, a news reporter. But, you know, that, I never went to school for that. I never went to school for anything. I graduated from high school with honors and then just ended up having to start work and going the entry-level sales, and, you know, marketing and whatever job I got at the time. So I had no thought of a PR in my mind. Um, and then what happened is I learned to write a press release in my, in my justice work. So we had, um, we had a radio show. My husband, Dave Parkinson, and I, he had a radio show when I met him. And he brought me onto his radio show and it talked about a lot of justice issues and um, all that kind of stuff, you know, anti-racist things and just, you know, things we would be talking about in the 20s, just things that weren't fair and that we wanted to make right. And um, 
a couple of years after that show was no more, just because, you know, that they put it on a nighttime, whatever, they wanted to make it a music show. We walked away because we were more interested in that, in the activist part. So there we were a couple of years in. It was 1998. We had, um, you know, no more radio show. And, but we still, but now is the early days of the internet. We just got our internet and, you know, we still wanted to have a voice. So we were just making a little website just with links, you know, drawing attention to important news that other people were doing and that kind of thing. And somehow we fell upon this, a little, little bit of information, a little tiny weird little corner of the internet of a guy named Jimmy Dennis who was saying he was innocent on death row in Pennsylvania. And he was like, I'm not looking for a pen pal. I don't need a, a girlfriend or I don't, I'm looking for someone to help me, please. I'm innocent. I don't know what to do. And I don't know what it was. Actually, I do know now, but people said, what was it that actually made you guys not just get involved, but to get involved, we had to sit there and write a letter, write a letter to death row and mail it. We had nothing to do with death row or prisoners or, you know, that's crazy. Why would you do that? And you know, thinking back on it now, I think it was partly because we had had the radio show. So we had very recently been in that information kind of gathering thing, you know, so like, wait, let's look at what is this all about? I remember my husband and I looking at each other and saying, how innocent can this guy be? Huh? We had just no knowledge about it. Anyway, we something told us to write up. We wrote, he wrote back 18 pages, you know, s- s- single spaced, all kinds of writing and detail and whatever court and legal documents he had in his cell, which started us on a journey where eventually we, we read every single thing that had happened in court and ever since and all that stuff. It mm-hmm. ended up being a 20-year legal journey. But that's how I learned to write a press release. And, of course, that was not a business. That was We were doing that for literally 19 years from the age of 28 years old till we were, uh, you know, ultimately we were um, – I guess, 47 when he was ultimately freed in 2017 on evidence of actual innocence. But there was 19 years in between there where we advocated for him. We started a campaign. We, and the beginning of all that, my husband learned to make a website. And I learned to write a press release, literally, to let mm-hmm. media, to point media to this website we'd made. So mm-hmm. it launched the answer to your original question. But then it wasn't until years after that, like literally years after that, when I was 41, we started that when I, when I wrote my first press release at 28. And then when I was 41, still in entry-level sales because I was able to do it from home, not entry-level at that time, but still, you know, just whatever yeah. sales I didn't care about. And... Um, I, it suddenly hit me like a light bulb. Geez, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, these, this, because we, in the meantime, we, I'd written press releases that had got us on MSNBC, Court TV, A&E, not just about the Jimmy Dennis case, but about the death penalty in general. And there we were with no legal history and, you know, no real media history other than a little local radio show. And we were being interviewed by Dan Abrams and Nancy Grace, you know, Catherine Cryer, all, wow. all these major shows. Right, and then it's but meanwhile, still we're just doing our sales job, we're just doing our little thing. Mm-hmm. That's just all our advocacy work. And it took years till I suddenly had that light bulb moment when I went, Wait a minute, all those skills that I've developed there, like writing those press releases, like learning to deal with media, those are actually marketable skills. But most people don't know how to do mm-hmm. that. For me, I could send out, you know, even when I got involved with a political campaign, oh, do you want me to send out a press release? Everyone's like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll write it. I'll find out who the local. I always knew how to do that. There was a skill I had in my back pocket that I never thought about sure. professionalizing. So when it suddenly occurred to me, wait a minute, huh, isn't that called a publicist? Couldn't I get people to hire me to bring it in, <laughs> you know? And it literally That's hit me great. that day, and I thought, huh. And I went and looked on, and, I, you know, I'm smart and strategic, so I went and looked online. How could I start that? And I found a site at the time it was called Elance. I think it's called Upwork now. And, you know, they have a million little jobs you can audition for or whatever it is not audition, but, like, you know, pitch for. And I ended up getting the first client or two. One of the clients I got from that, this is back 10 years ago now, 
is a client who's still with me today through my two businesses, Angela Sider-Williamson, Rosa Parks' cousin, like the Rosa Parks from the Alabama bus boycott, and, you know, Martin wow. Luther King. Right? She was, like, one of my first clients, right. and she hired me. I mean, so then I know I'm really in the game. She hired me about her movie, uh, My Life with Rosie, and she was impressed with my, you know, justice work, right? So that, so that was where we made the, the connection. Isn't that, and then, isn't yeah, that was, something? Isn't it something how one step on a path can take you to the this way, to that way, you know, not necessarily with even <laughs> ulterior motives? But you know, so you would never even like, expect or think about, yeah, no, like you would never even no, imagine or conceive no. of because it's like, yeah, it's fabulous. And we're gonna, I, I, I'm gonna get into more of the details about Jimmy in a little bit, but I wanted to just, just ask you a few more questions because this is interesting. You know, people mm-hmm. say the same thing to me, Tracy. Did you always know that you wanted to, you know, have a radio show or a podcast mm-hmm. or whatever you'd like to call it? And the answer is, no, of course not. That was nothing that was in my mind. But fundamentally, fundamentally, I have always loved to talk. I've tried to do a better job of listening, but I have always loved a conversation with somebody I know, somebody I don't know, it really doesn't matter because if I don't know you and you're walking to the market and I'm walking to the market, I can assure you, unless you really are an introvert, and I recognize introverts, I understand it's like, hello, I'm wearing a mask, but I want it to be across my entire face, leave me alone. <laughs> um, you know, otherwise, if I see a glimmer in your eye and I start like, I oh, like my God, is that a doodle? Yeah. Because then you're next to your well, best you know, friends, you know, by the end. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, that's, you're exactly right because what I have, you probably will agree with this, that if you and I continued to talk and we were not doing this radio show together and we just kept talking, ultimately we're going to find something that unites us that we have in common. It, Absolutely. Maybe it's just travel, yeah. whatever. But this is what happens when you start a conversation. And that's why oh my God, you I know how valuable. love that. You're so right. And you know what I have to interrupt that. I'll say something super important. That makes me, you know, I've been talking about people, just the conversation kind of just happened in one of them. Actually, was a police officer was interviewing me from California. I didn't know she was a police officer. Or I did by the time we did the show. But when I, you know, when we were originally talking, before we heard each other's bios, we didn't know that. She's just like, she does a show called Power at Work or something like that. And so it was like, you know, empowerment, female empowerment and stuff. And she saw my bio as an actor activist and the Jimmy Dennis stuff and all that. And I saw her bio as a police officer and I was like, E and she was like, E, we both kind of thought, huh, I wonder how that conversation will go, right? And then as we were talking, mm-hmm. she brought up she brought that up in the conversation about how I was a little, you know, what, what hesitant about this, blah, blah blah. And then I said, you know what, people have to get out of their bubbles and start talking to each other. Not just talking, mm-hmm. but listening. Exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. Because and, mm-hmm. you, you know, and by the end of the conversation she was like agreeing with me hundred percent about something that she had probably gone into it thinking she wouldn't but because I said to her no I get it because she said you know in the last year all this stuff came up up to the matter and all of a sudden we were being super attacked and like from one day to the next and I was like no and I get it because you wake up in the morning and you're like hey when I put the uniform on I'm not going out to do anything bad neither is my partner Bob here so me we're then we go Mm -hmm. out and people are mad at us so that's not fair but you feel attacked and I said 
same way a lot of people, you know, mothers of black children are telling me, man, that's why I feel my son's going out every day. They're misjudged, they're attacked. And so she was like, huh. And I was like, if we all start yelling at each other and start thinking, wait a minute, we have to remember at the end of the day, like you said, if we just start talking for an hour, if you take the person you think you're most opposed to, like even the most idiot opposed person that you think, you know, you are just a thousand percent opposed to what they believe in and it just makes you, you know what I mean, cringe. You know what I mean? Like yep. you're the racist, for right. example, right? But if you mm-hmm. say, okay, for one minute, we're just, we're not going to talk about that thing that we know we disagree on and we're going to see each other as humans for a minute. So what are, well, we're going to talk about other things, you know, like racism is a hard one for me to get past. So the hard, you know, right. but, but, but right. for example, like, you know, an example with the death penalty might have been better. There was a day, you know, we, people who are like hugely opposed to the death penalty and people who are hugely um, pro it for their lived experience, you know, who are not just a little, not just um, an issue they may talk about once in a while, but who are involved. They see each other as, that's it. Those are people that are pro, and we're completely opposed to them. One time they were, literally, this woman had joined me on Facebook who knew me from that world in those days. And she was just doing this inbox of like just debating the death penalty back and forth a thousand times, calling me, I love criminals and this, you know, all this, whatever their perspective is. Oh God. And, and I finally said, and I finally said, you know what, stop. And I was, and I was trying to answer her, you know, someone back and forth arguing. And then I finally said, you know what, we're obviously never going to agree on this issue. And we're completely like in mm-hmm. long range seeing each other as like horrible. I go, let's just agree. I go, listen up. I'm going to send you a friend request and you're going to accept it. This was just in the inbox arguing. I said, for one week, I'm going to talk about the death penalty. I'm not going to comment on your post about it. If I talk about it, you're not going to comment on mine. We're just going to leave that issue alone. It's understood that we disagree. And we're just going to, I go, you know what? I bet you if we just talk about other things, I bet you we're going to find out we agree on things. I don't even know what drew me to say that. But it turned out it was the best lesson in life because Turns out, I couldn't have been more right. If you put that one issue aside, which we were loggerheads thinking she was, we were thinking the other person was the devil about. You know what I mean? We were just, Mm -hmm, we put that issue aside for a week. All of a sudden, do you know that on everything else, we're simpatico? From like beliefs, you know, the kind of, you know, the, the kind of other stuff she cares about. Like again, keep definitely off the table and put all the other stuff that we care about on the table. Same, same on this, same on that. She's a grand, you know, like there's so many experiences. And now we laugh, we like, and we look at that, so look at that. And all we were seeing was this bad person who was just a police. And it's probably the same on everything. We don't look deeply, mm-hmm. we don't, and especially now things are so polarized, especially in America, I right. think. But, you know, people are almost looking for a reason to throw rocks at each other before they're even looking to know what the person's name is. Like before they even ask mm-hmm. the name, they're looking, are they wearing a color or a hat? Are they doing a, you know what I mean? We're all like, it, I do. Uh, we have to get judgment. away from that and just start it's, talking. It's, it's judgment. And the judgment mm-hmm. isn't necessarily based on facts. Um, and, right. And it's wanting I, to just rush to judgment. Right, and you know, I think that you, you so you pick and choose. You know, I I like to stay on the on the bright side of life. I like to stay on the mm-hmm. non-controversial side of life. I like to see what makes us inclusive as opposed to exclusive. People. So I exactly. can tell you, that's the key to everything. Absolutely, but you know, so there are there are subjects that I just do not care to have as a subject on my show because, first of all, I don't feel I'm actually qualified to discuss 
issues that divide us. So if you if you are a person that really wants to listen to a political show, then you're going to find that podcaster out there that's going to meet those needs. Yeah, but for me, and I avoid those too as much as I. Yep. Yeah, I avoid those too because they're too, again they're, because they're looking for controversy and looking for. So I don't go on shows that are polit- that pitch themselves as political, even though I can have political yep. conversations with my friends. But I don't want to. Sure. Again, those are set up to argue. You know. Absolutely, I I agree with you. So I want to ask you a little bit about more about your business. So I, I think feeling questions. I've come to realize from my very special guru friend that always says to me, did you ask how they feel? And I went, God, I need to remember to do this. So I guess what I'd like to know is, what do you, what do you love about your media work? Because we're going to talk about your, your Jimmy story in a little while. But yep. what do you love about the work that you're doing right now? Elevating and celebrating. Like I, I thought of that phrase when I was explaining my work in a podcast once, and it's you know I've been using it ever since. It's like a great tagline, but it really it really is what I do. Like that's what I, I do. Love that. I find people right who are doing because everybody, whether it's a small business person who has just broken away from the grind and now they're finding their own you know freedom and 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 putting out their good idea and finding their power and doing stuff for other people too, or somebody with a message or, you know, a creative, whatever it is, people all around the world are doing amazing things and nobody knows mm-hmm. about it. So it's mm-hmm. so much fun. It honestly is a, a serotonin boost every time I get a little media success to be able to call someone and be like, I mean, like it's old news for me. You know what I mean? I just do it so I can keep on the wheel yeah. for this PR company. But for like, whenever I get somebody else ahead, you know, oh, I got you in Reader's Digest. I can't wait till they wake up, you know, so I can tell them I'm jumping up and down and like, <laughs> Exactly. You know, what it does for them and what it builds. And I like to, yeah. Oh, I, you know what? What I hear in your enthusiasm is it's not just all about you. It's about us. I, meaning you. What I, Tracy, can do to elevate and celebrate you, everybody mm-hmm. is a winner. Everybody is a winner when that happens. And um, I, I like that it's 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 humankind at its best, and I I I love that. And, and yeah, I always say we motivate like people are the bottom line, not money, you know. And we're mm-hmm. definitely started to be heart centered. That's why I can't tell my business story, you know, without telling that Jimmy story because that's where it started, and that's where you know I don't want to ever, you know, we're not all about like like you said, it's not all about. Um, stuff like that, or causes, or, or things anymore. It's business, but it's all—it's beautiful business. You know what I mean? It's people are yes, doing great things, and they just need to be elevated and celebrated. Like in those words that came out Absolutely. of my mouth, and it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. And you know, there's never been a more remarkable time to do this because, for so many of us, we're home much more than maybe we used to be. Um, I, I mm-hmm. do think the balance is vital. Um, we cannot stay face planted all day in front of a computer screen. It's, we can't. It, 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 it may, you may find yourself drawn to it, and I certainly am one that spends a great deal of time in front of this, but I do give myself that opportunity to step outside, take my camera for a walk, go up to the YMCA. It's just reopened. Whatever it does to add some balance to my life. Is, is is equally important as my passion is for being a podcaster. So let mm-hmm. me ask you this. Um, I, I, I was going to ask you what a typical day is like in your business, but instead of asking you that, um, 
Have there been any challenges along the way? I can't imagine that there haven't been any challenges. Have there been some challenges along the way? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of business side, uh, I have no idea how to run a business. I'm learning now. I've been doing this for 10 years. I was great at being a publicist. I was great at doing the work that I do as my recommendations and all that stuff shows. But in terms of back end of a business, nobody ever, I never went to business school. Nobody ever taught me how to run a business. I was trained to be a worker, <laughs> you know, like most of us are. Right. And um, so I started, you know, freelancing, which was fine. And then even when I did my first years as um uh, the first five years when we were a general partnership between me and my husband, we kept working pretty much as freelancers. I just randomly priced whatever, you know, probably way too low for the market. And as my resume was getting bigger and bigger and higher and higher. And um, I wasn't getting any benefits that, you know, a business-minded person would get from being in business, you know. So finally mm-hmm. I have an amazing business consultant who's one of my clients. And, you know, now she's just been telling me for years, you know, you're pitching way above where you are. Like, you're, I mean, you're, you know, you're living you're doing way better than what your business model is, you know? So she finally mm-hmm. helped me turn it around. She's like, no, you have to incorporate. And even though that was scary for me, because again, I don't know anything about that. And that changes the whole, all this new reporting, which is fine, but numbers aren't my strong suit. And someone has to look, you know, all right. that stuff was scary as a entrepreneur. I just know what I do and having to learn the back end. But now we're getting, it was great advice because now we're increasingly more successful and I'm getting a handle on the pricing. But for me, a challenge will always be pricing because PR traditionally is 3000 a month, three months minimum. And that's just, you know, part of the reason entrepreneurs don't look at it is because that right there, even if they thought about it, is intimidating when they don't really understand it. They can't see, you know, they don't understand the way they do marketing or an ad, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. you feel like, oh, well, and that's a lot of money for them. So one of the things I do, especially because I do so much speaking to entrepreneurs, is I was really, and because I come from, you know, not just trying to get the top dollar, but to try to do good in the world, I really do, and trying to reconcile that right. with a business model. Um, I had yeah. a lot of arguments with, with my business consultant about pricing. And then finally I was able to price where I, I'm not undercutting myself anymore, but I'm doing that by offering different plans. And for each of those plans, people can get various things, and I know what it's going to take me to do those things. And you know, so they can get high end or they can get, I still can offer people, you know, at any, you know, at a lower, it, that's important to me. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to become mm-hmm. an elite priced thing, but only people who've already made it can afford because that takes away half of the fun. And I know that doesn't sound business minded, but maybe I'm not fully no. business minded because half of it is still for me. Like I'd rather, I don't want to take on a, a big corporate thing with a lot of dollars. That's great, but that's no fun. I want to build it with somebody who's here and then next year she's here or he's here and we're looking back and ah, look what we did. You know, I, I, that's a yeah. lot of it for me. <laughs> so, And you know, as somebody that has a, a business, my CPA might call it a hobby, but Regardless, I certainly take this as a very serious business for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have some team members. For me, you talked about, you know, the pricing side of life. For me, it's the technical side of life. You know, mm-hmm. help me, my friend, get that website looking correctly. Help me understand yeah. how to use WordPress more effectively. Help me to, to generate a great newsletter. I don't have all of that, and frankly, I don't want all of that. I tell, I tell people, Tracy, there's only so much bandwidth between the left ear and the right ear, and it's 
<laughs> and it's kind of yeah. like my closet. How many how many T-shirts do you need in the same exact color? Well, guess what? I just haven't purged that yet. So it's going to be there because <laughs> it's causing no harm. But in my yeah. business life, it's like, oh, God, just how do I line the picture up so it looks better? Can you just do it? Send me a bill. I, I mean, just seriously, just help me out here. I don't need to know every aspect of my business. If I can't talk, if I can't carry on a conversation, if I am not genuine, if I am not um, um, honest and, and transparent, trust me, somebody's going to hear it. They're going to say, you know what, she, she doesn't even believe what she's, what she's drinking. She, doesn't even, she yeah. doesn't even sound like she means what she's saying. Well, you know what, if that comes across that way, then I should not be doing this. And that's why right. and that's I why I only it. take on projects I love too. When people say, "What should I look for in the publicist?" I'm like, they have to really get your project. I mean, yeah, we're generalists; we can figure anything out. I can, I could sell anything. I mean, I could. I don't sell, but I mean, I could do a media release. Right. I'm a good writer. I could, I could do it about anything. I could do it about something I don't even believe in. But you know, I never would because number one, I don't. Right. Art centered. I'm too good at what I do to do something I don't believe in. I don't want to convince people to do that. You know. But I'll, but number mm-hmm. two, but you know, if you're at, you really if you're looking to buy, you know for public they should be they should totally understand what you're doing and be passionate about it and and have that excitement you know like oh you know they should understand the audience they should because they were generous but think i think it's unethical i don't know if other people use that strong word but i think it's unethical to take something on that you don't truly believe in and then try to make other people believe in it which is what our job is right i think i only i, agree. I have to resonate it you know i have to actually feel it and be like yeah and then sure then i'm off to the race there's no negative there's no like I don't want to be trying to convince someone of something that's not true. So if I really believe it, then I really believe it. So I'm convincing you that it's true. You exactly. know? <laughs> it's I do. not like I'm trying to I do. spin something. And, and you know, that, right. And frankly, many people can see through that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's unappealing to me. So I, mm. I, it's not that, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm never going to talk to that person again. I, I'm, I don't discount people. But I would just say that, you know, I gravitate to the authentic. I gravitate yeah. to the genuine. I gravitate to the trans, just that transparency of here's who I am. You know, it, love me or leave me, this is how I am. Yes, I talk a lot. Okay. So you just wanted mm-hmm. to come in and buy a bag of carrots and now it's been 20 minutes and now we're still standing in front of the carrots. <laughs> and you just me. want to say, oh, lady, lady, can you just let me, I just came in for carrots, Marsha, please, please. But now you've got and a so new friend and carrots, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I say to people, honestly, Tracy, and maybe you'll recognize this, I'll say to people, well, especially if I'm going to talk to them on the phone and maybe there's somebody mm-hmm. that I, I don't know, I'll start off by saying, okay, because we don't know each other, or even if I do, I will say, how much time do you have for this conversation? Because if you've only got 15 minutes, I'm not going to tell you what the cat ate for breakfast. Let's just get to the point. So um, it's kind of funny how that works, right? Do I still hear you, Tracy, and do you still hear me? Because what happens sometimes is calls drop, and um, I'm hoping that Hello. you're still there. Do you still hear me, Tracy? Yeah, I lost you. Yeah, I lost you there for a second. And you know what? You hear me? It's really funny. I I do hear you. And do you hear me? Oh, good. I do now. Sorry, you, you lost you for a few seconds. Though. You don't. That you know something? 
this is the this is the reality of live radio. I don't have somebody right. that comes behind me with it. <laughs> well, or, you know, I don't have an engineer that says, okay, now we're going to pre-record this, and then I'm going to take out that part. No, it, it is what it is. And that's Last fine, because right, live, live television and live radio is like this anyway, right? So we are live. It's the same <laughs> yeah. thing. My actual phone dropped my own call last week while this woman was oh, speaking. No. So, this, you know, it, this is when my beloved husband would just say to me, it is what it is, so move on. Well, so, yeah, and then, right. you know, listeners, then you, listeners know we're not canned, and this is not, you know, planned. No. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. So let me ask you something, because you, I, I do want to allow plenty of time for Jimmy, but I do want to ask one more question, and that is, okay. when you speak about mindset, what what do you mean by that? What does mindset mean to you? So, yeah, I'm not one of those people who learned it from a stage or, or, or really gravitated toward people who talk about that stuff on a stage or anything, even though every time I hear them, I'm like, boy, you know, I've learned in my life everything that person is saying is, is actually true, you know. So I've mm-hmm. learned from what I've done in my life and what I've seen other people do and the way I've seen other people react and you know, how capable people are, just by observing what people who do things and people who don't do things. And honestly, it literally all, and, it, and I hate saying it almost because it sounds like those canned things people say, but everything comes down to mindset. It really does. Everything comes down to the belief in yourself because as many limits and, 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 and you know, some people are more privileged than others. Some people have more in their way than others, more pebbles or, or mountains to climb over, you know, depending on where mm-hmm. we started in life and what our circumstances are. And that can never be discounted. So it's not only mindset. But mm-hmm. you know, no matter whether it's a mountain in front of you or a little pebble, I've seen people with the pebble in front of them that couldn't get over it, you know? And then people who, mm-hmm. like Jimmy Dennis, who knocked down those mountains, it didn't even matter somehow. So no matter it's a mountain or a pebble in front of you, if you think you can't do it and don't take the first step, then you can't do it and you won't take the first step, you know? So, like, everything is literally about, well, huh, okay, I want to be there and I'm here. Instead of falling down and being depressed or thinking about the things you can't do or the things you don't have, how do you figure out strategically how to take the next step because that next step gets you that much closer. So it's actual real-life fact what those people say in their happy, you know, mindset, whatever, that sounds all positivity sometimes, but it's real. It's real. If you don't stop, I mean, the, you, there's other things will get in your way for sure you know no question Mm -hmm. but if you're ready to deal with them no matter what they are or who they are or what it is you're going to find a way up to around it beyond it through it you will but if you don't realize you will then you won't and it really is that simple at least to start you know i i i say i repeat myself um because it seems so apropos when i'm talking to my guests and that is number one um, I do yoga, so I do practice breathing and bringing those shoulders down. But number two, um, I, I'm guessing that you've read The Secret. Um, have you? Yep. Uh, yeah, okay, after. So that was like people describing, to, yeah. Yep, you are just describing the law of attraction, which is if you believe it, if you, if you believe it, and it's the power, the, the, those powerful words, if you think you can't get over that pebble yeah. and you say, I'm never going to get over that pebble, it's going to be so much harder than saying, not only can I get over that pebble, you watch me jump over that mountain. 
and, and, yeah, and, and I, I literally I think see that it. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. you do. And I literally I see it all the time, like in my own life and then also in the way people, and I even think too, I see people by watch, you know, I don't want to call my rise, but I mean, I was in a very different position years ago. Everything that I've done has literally been, I just did it, I believe it could do it, I started doing it, I did it, I did it, to the point now, and I just keep doing it, and to the bigger and bigger things, to the point now where people who knew me five years ago are looking at this going like, they're literally looking at this going like, what? How? What? Like literally, like what, 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 mm-hmm. what I got, right? And I'm like, well, you're right. listening because I said the same thing then as I say now. Just do it, right. man. Don't be afraid and do it. And then, you know, I mean, there's still people who've seen that, and they still argue with me. I got one buddy person inboxing about, you know, and it's true, oh, you know, people work hard their whole life, and they never get anything, so you're saying the wrong thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm not talking. So, again, you're, you're here. Instead of hearing the positivity and seeing the people that are able to do it, you're just going to talk about all the ones who don't do it. Well, why don't you see that exactly. people did it, there's a way to do it. You know, I'm not magic. How do you spend your time? It's by believing and doing, right? So I keep teasing about Jimmy, and now I've got us down to 20 minutes. (laughs) So I think let's (laughs) please take these. Well, no, that's me. I took us that way. Trust me. Let's talk about Jimmy. Please, let's start off about tell us who Jimmy is and tell us how you and your husband, Dave, got connected and involved in Jimmy 20 years ago. Tell us about his yeah. story. So Jimmy Dennis, back in, when he was 21, when we were all 21, he's a couple months younger than me. We didn't meet him until he was in prison six years. But in 1991, he was a, R and, a rising R&B artist with a band called Sensation that was getting you know a lot of attention locally in Philadelphia, and they were about to get signed. And um, then his life was literally stolen away. And basically, it's it's really hard to understand. But he, he, you know, long story short, and it's all online. People can you know. Mm-hmm. Google and find out Google, how the, yeah. it was literally a couple of corrupt police officers who ended up being later well known for their corruption. In other cases, a corrupt you know prosecutor Roger King who is dead now, but he was found out years later to be hugely corrupt. So um, a whole bunch of things managed to get. Jimmy convicted when he was factually innocent, actually factually innocent, did not even fit the description, did not know the person that was killed, Shadow Williams, just so it's a crazy case. So and anybody, and even in the beginning, he said he never expected anybody to take his word or our word for it. We always said, please read the documentation, go look at it, and anybody would be as you know, upset as we initially were, and then became more so. And that was the case, that's true. So he was convicted in 1991, he was sent to death row in 1992, um, and just like a case, you know, still boggles the mind. And he spent six years while he was on death row, before we met him, just writing everything, everybody he could think of, like it was his job, writing, and just never losing hope, and, you know, which a lot of people don't do, like, like we were talking about, about losing hope. Right, people lose hope and they just lie there and they mm-hmm. feel they can't do anything. That happens a lot of times, even for innocent people, you know, convicted. Because how do you fight that? Well, he got up every day and said, "Never, never give up." And in his head, he sang these songs of hope, like "Glory Days" by Bruce Springsteen and much other. He talks about it in a lot mm-hmm. of podcasts. And, you know, he left, he kept his spirit up and kept believing and reaching out and finding every avenue he could. And one of those avenues, that, you know, he paid twenty dollars to be somewhere on the internet. And one of those, he could never see it. Like it was somebody paid, somebody put this thing up and he was asked for the writing that led to us writing and he says from that moment that we wrote that things started to change because then we were like okay now that we wrote that's for this information what do we do with it you know cause, so there we go like i told you he wrote back to us with 18 pages and we're okay now what do we do we're not lawyers we're now we're really upset about this 
And I think anybody reading it will be, but how can we help? We're just penniless activists in another country, you know? So then my husband literally learned to make the website. Jimmy Dennis, it was just jimmydennis.org we went and got. And then later we got Canadian Coalition for Death Penalty because of what we learned, how could this happen? So we ended up expanding that into advocacy, you know, speaking about the greater issue because that would get attention in the States. Where in the States, nobody at that time, there was no wrongful conviction podcast. There was no, so once you were convicted, it was a done deal. It was very hard to get any mainstream media attention. We got international media attention and amnesties around the world and articles in Australia and Canada and Turkey and mainstream, you know, but not in in the States. There was a lot of articles about us and our work putting death penalty online, but not so much evaluating, you know, the convictions, which is what we were really trying to do. It was ended up being all that media attention where I said earlier, we were on, you know, Core TV, MSNBC, all those things that later led me to realize, hey, I'm good at this media thing. But at the time it was literally just, please ask us about Jimmy. Let's try to get, we were trying to save his life. We went through two execution dates. He had actual execution dates. And then, you know, two years into our advocacy, basically, of just trying to get, you know, whoever's attention, finally, it's a unicorn happened. This does not happen in the real world, but it happened that a Washington, D.C. law firm that was looking for a case of factual innocence, they had decided they wanted a pro bono case, which usually you can beg and plead to, it just doesn't happen. But they had decided, you know, they wanted a pro bono case of factual innocence on their record. And they were willing to put resources toward it. And because we'd made so much noise, everyone said, look at the Jimmy Dennis case. So finally in 2000, which was almost three years after we got involved, the law, this big law firm came in pro bono, which is amazing. And that's, you know, that saved his life. And Jimmy said, I, I, mm-hmm. in my view, it's them and their legal work. But Jimmy says, meanwhile, mm-hmm. all that was going on, we were the conduit that that when he had a 15-minute call in a week, it would be us so that we could deal with his family because they didn't have long distance. We could tell, you know, do everything that needed to be done, all that stuff. So we were the team that for 18 years or 19 years, literally from the time that Jimmy was, you know, 27 and we were 28 till he was freed when we were all, when we were 47 and he was 40 or 36 or 46 wow. or whatever it was. Yeah, we were, and we mm-hmm. still talk every day. And the amazing part of that story, so on the other end, when he finally gets out in 2017, which, I mean, that was a long and winding road for sure. We didn't know all the stuff that he was dealing with him in the horror nightmare inside because he kept a lot from us in terms of, you know, the day-to-day. He was just focused on getting out. But when he was finally released, so now the first thing he does is go into a recording studio well, after meeting his mom and hugging his mom and all that stuff, of course. But right. later he's in a a recording studio, recording the thousands of songs that he wrote in there, that he was playing in his head, that he wanted to be. And so he's put out four songs now, and they've been getting industry attention in terms of, like, I can't really talk about what's going on now, but they've been getting, like, not, Uh like, actual industry attention as good music, not just as, you know, an interesting story. And um, Hmm. his latest one is really uplifting. I would love everybody to go and look for Tears This Year, which is on Jimmy Dennis on all streaming platforms because he gets out and now I'm his publicist. Like, what a crazy story, right? Like, he's a... Wait a minute. Oh, wait. Hang on. What's the name of the song that he just recorded? Okay, so he's got four songs. The most recent one is called Tears This Year, and it's a beautiful, uplifting song. Tears This Year. Tears This Year. You know how I heard you? I'm going, Tears for Fears, wait a minute, that's not new. Tears oh, no, this Tears year. this year, sorry. About, you it. know, it's been a, str- a year of struggle for everybody, from COVID to Black Lives Matter yeah. to Stratton. I mean, just the, this year has been a bit nuts, <laughs> to say the least. No, and this thing, it, it, the 
chorus in there is never, never give up. And, you know, we're going to get through this episode and all that. And from a man who literally spent, I mean, death row is not just like being convicted wrongly. You're literally being told every day, you know, you are God. We're going to kill you. We're allowed to kill you. You're nothing. You're, you're the worst of the worst. This is an innocent person. Can you imagine what that does to the human spirit? And, the, you know, as well as the trauma of being uh, in prison. Right, oh so God. he's a super strong person. You come out on the other end of that and still be like, no, you know what? I'll have hope and have, and so yeah. Now he's his expression, his way of dealing with that is recording beautiful music, and now so now we mm. laugh and like you know who would have thought that now after you know I was in sales, petty <laughs> this activist, yeah. and then I become a publicist. By the time you get out to be a musician. I'm an international award-winning publicist working in entertainment. What? Like, it's a crazy story. Like, it literally it doesn't make sense. That, right? <laughs> you know? So, so, which, what I'm curious to know about, so you were in Canada when this was all going on, and he is in Philadelphia, yep. correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And were you in constant communication with his family and his attorneys yep. and all of these other people? Yeah, wow. right from the very beginning. His lawyers left, so they mostly just did their job. And then we'd have, like, monthly conferences about what we would do with media or not do with media and stuff. But um, his and, but his family, yeah, from the very beginning, even before those lawyers got involved, what happens, they didn't have long distance the way it works. <laughs> Prison calls are super expensive, like six ninety nine a minute and then 50 cents each additional right. minute or whatever. One fifty right. minute phone call a, a week. So he would call us, and in those days, he would even sing like a, a lullaby to his daughters, and we'd record it on a phone so that we could like play oh it back God. to his daughters. He would tell us, and in those days, it was like, you know, you, this call is coming from a correctional facility, and then you'd have literally 15 minutes, and then it would disconnect. And so he'd be talking really oh fast, God. oh, call my mom and make sure my mom's okay, make sure my daughters have this, and we'd be just writing it down like he was our boss. You know, we joke now that I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, boss, he, we both crack up now, cause, but that's the way it was. We had literally that time, so we were like his support, his voice, his, like, a, a, you know, arms and ears, everything, while the lawyers were doing mm-hmm. their thing. And, yeah, and we still talk every I'm day. Curious. We literally talk about I was, that. I was going to ask you that. You So you talk every day. Have you actually, I presume this is to be true, have you actually met face-to-face, hug-to-hug? We first met, actually, when he was still on death row four years after, wait, four, five, right before I had my baby in 2003, so it was a year before that, in 2018, so four years after we started working on the case, and this was all pro bono, again, we were still penniless activists, some people that had gotten involved in it from, from, um, um, from Peoria, from Illinois, decided to drive up to pick us up in Canada and drive us to Germany so we could have an in-person visit four years in. So we actually really? had two days, eight hours, when he was still in prison, you know, behind that. So I'm glad we did that because it was an experience, like, to actually see that and be there. Now it's in right. another world. Like, it's hard to believe, you know. But we actually saw him, the whole procedure, like, behind those millions, that, that death camp. And that's, that, you know. And I walked away from there going, wow, one of the best people we've ever met. Because he's, like, honorable. And, like, honestly, you have to meet him. He's got, mm-hmm. like, a moral code, like, almost nobody I've ever met. And I'm like, geez, this is honestly, one of the most moral people I've ever met is sitting mm-hmm. in a death camp. It's, like, crazy. And so thankfully wow. he was relieved because, I mean, my brain couldn't process that. But, you know, uh, but, yes, and actually, since because of COVID, actually, so he was 
released in 2017. We were supposed to go in 2018, and we ended up. Originally, we were supposed to be there when he was released. That was the original plan: is we'd be standing outside the prison mm-hmm. gate. But because there was all these stops and starts and stops and starts, this is in 2017. And no, we weren't sure what day he was going to be. And then he was, when he wasn't, and it was it was just a mess up the way they always do at the end. So we he ended up calling us second call after he called his mom while he was still in the car, like two minutes from the prison. We went outside the gate, mm-hmm. and. We were supposed to be meeting, like, in, we were supposed to be, had big plans to go to New York City and Philadelphia and everything in 2020, and then we ended up going. So now we're waiting on, I'm like, can we come in March? And he's, like, super isolating and then all the weird stuff over the border, so we can't right. New York trip for March. <laughs> so we're just waiting on the COVID, doing, but, yeah, we literally talked sure. to him. I mean, him, his wife, us, his family, where he calls our, our kids his niece and nephew. So, sure. yeah. Ask about their school. Does he currently still live in Philadelphia? Did in he Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So and you met him in 1995. If he went in in 91, you no, met him four in years after he, he went, went in. in. Oh, he was. Oh, in the, um, okay. The murder that he didn't do was in 91, and then he was convicted in 92 and sent to death row in 92. We met him in May of 1998. Started the website pretty Got much it. immediately. And then four years later, went and met in person for like two whole days, eight hours each day. But that whole time, you know, 15 minutes every week, letters back and forth. And we looked back Mm -hmm. down, we're like, it's funny, the other day he was like, oh, I got to go. I got the grandkids over and I'm waiting on my first grandkid now. My daughter's about to have her first baby. And I was laughing. I'm like, look at you, old man. And I'm laughing, going, like, how are we grandparents? How are we grandparents? And then then he's like, I wish we could go back to 28. And I said, I wish you could go back to 28 because you never lived those years. Uh, I'm not so sure I would want to relive. (laughs) Yeah, I said, I I don't think I want to relive those years. But I do think you need a relive. Well, you know, it's really funny. I want to ask you about the book you're writing. But before I ask you that, because I do want to ask you, and I want to give you time to tell Mm -hmm. us about it, I've got to be curious about this. I'm sure other people are wondering the same thing. So is he writing a book? Are you going to help him write a book? And hope there's been a lot of conversation about, I mean, there, I think we're going to see a lot. We're waiting to see how it shakes out and who's going to do what. But, like, there's, okay. I definitely think we are going to see a movie. We're going mm-hmm. to see, like, a, like a Hollywood type movie. And we're going to see mm-hmm. a book. And we're going to see, um, I think we're going to see, you know, at, at the Grammys, eventually with his music. But in terms of the story, yeah, book and movie are definitely in a matter of, you know, will they be together? Will, will be different deals or how it will be? And we want to make sure, sure. that happens he's telling his story. Number one, that the story sure. is really told, you know, and it starts with a bunch of people profiting off it and not telling it properly, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's going to be out there. It's pretty, yeah. pretty remarkable. And, and I, and I really didn't know all of the details, and um, I guess there's a lot of questions that are swirling around in my mind, so he is <laughs> ultimately found innocent. Was the person yeah. that committed the crime ever found? Or is that an unknown nope. crime? No, nope. they were. They, well, you know what? There's a lot of. And again, if you look into the record and stuff, there's a lot of stuff that we brought and the lawyers brought out. You know, talking about what would was a much more clear scenario. You know, but um, uh-huh. with other people and people that are miss, you know, missing and or dead or rare or whatever, and that were not pursued and all kinds of stuff. So there was a lot of our question is why wasn't none of this ever pursued? But a lot of times, what ends up happening in these cases is, it, you know, people build their careers on this stuff, and it they're less, sadly, less concerned than 
sometimes in going back and correcting and finding it, you know, making it right, if it's going to show everybody how wrong what they had done was. So mm-hmm. thankfully in Philadelphia right now in Pennsylvania, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but there's a politician there who's really, and I think he's actually either in now or close to getting in in terms of the criminal justice system. And he's actually doing a deep dive into a lot of these things and what has gone so wrong since like the period, sure. from, I don't know how long it went on to, from 1990 to whatever with these named you know, particular officers and people. But it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy. And the, the system yeah, often works that way. And, you know, when the more you look at this, the more you're like, I, it's like, man, I can't explain it. But often they just prefer to let these things go, sadly, than to, you know, so often, oh, you know, I, I don't know if they can ever now. I hope so, because Shadell Williams and her family, the victim, 17-year-old girl that was shot for a pair of earrings at a subway station. And, you know, oh my God. that girl, yeah, that, that you know, she, her family has never had justice. They were told they had justice no. for a while. And then now no. they're hearing, well, how, you know, so so now how would you feel as their family? Then what, what I happened? Know, I, honestly, what, I was thinking what, about, I was thinking about them. Yeah. I mean, obviously that they don't want an innocent man giving up his entire life with the possibility of practice of being executed. No, but can you imagine how you feel if the police guilty. have told you for 20 years, though, this is the right guy. Like, oh, yeah, we got the right guy. You know, they've been insisting and all of a wow. sudden and then all of a sudden. Wow. Like, so, you know, yeah. again, there's so many victims to stuff like this, you know, absolutely you in terms of. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. It's yeah, the death penalty is not is was definitely. It's funny too, looking back on it. If you were to tell someone, if you were going to start a public career where you're doing messaging for other people, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. advise somebody to start building their own name in the public <laughs> arena by doing such what it, you know. Some people look at it as controversial work. Right. It turned out to be not controversial because he was innocent, right? But for all the right. years we were doing it, we were just talking about a guy on death row. Exactly. He wasn't, he, you were not, you didn't have a connection to him. He wasn't your family member. You weren't no. advocating for somebody that you knew ahead of time, which I find is no. just so remarkable. Tremendous. I want to ask you though, you, you do have a book, you have a book coming out. You want to tell I us do. about the book that's coming out? <laughs> yeah. Tell me what, tell it's everybody a, what the name of it is. I love it. It's called Get Repped. Build your brand with effective public and media relations. And it's for anybody oh, who right. wants to, yeah, who wants to know how to, you know, crack open some of the secrets. And just to, you know, to say really quickly, it, but, but it's about what I talk to, you know, to entrepreneurs and stuff about, is, yeah, anybody, honestly, you really, really have a message. And I always say, I don't care if you're, you know, if you're the garbage man, if you do lawn for a living, if you work at the hotel. And it doesn't matter what you do or what your expertise is. There are media opportunities for you. You personally have a story, as well as stories, you know, relating to what you knew, you know and do around your mm-hmm. profession. So, like, there's always... You know, that's it does no matter what you're building, media will help you build it. You know, and it's not about bragging; it's about showing again, elevating and celebrating the good work that you're doing. And the world, you know, should know about it. And they, they don't have to get advertorial, but I do work, you know, internationally. So if anybody does want to hear more, I'm just telling my, you know, they saw me here, and I'm more than happy to do a consult with them to talk about how, you know, we can Absolutely. actually get the media attention. And, and you, that, thank you for saying that. That's a perfect segue for those of you have, have been listening. And I presume that if you've been listening, you probably know something about Tracy and you've read about her because it's across all of my social media. But I want to spell Tracy's name for you so that you can visit her website in case you're thinking, oh, i got to just go there right now. So it's obviously cool. it's the three W's. <laughs> but here's how you find Tracy's website. So it's Lamore, and I'm going to spell that. It's L A M 
O-U-R-I-E media.com. And when you go to Tracy's website, you'll be able to um, see, you know, a picture of her and her husband. And there are lots of different places you can sign up. Look at you have sign up for free, PR tips and updates. There's all kinds of things that people can do to subscribe and, and get some assistance from you. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that that's another very, very generous thing about you because clearly if there's one thing that could be said about you, Tracy, without a doubt, and that is you are an incredibly generous person. You give oh. wholeheartedly from your health because you do want to celebrate and you do want to elevate. And you know what? Sometimes you just need somebody behind you. Look at Jimmy. Somebody behind you that says, you know what? I can help you. You are an entrepreneur. I've had a lot of people that have been entrepreneurs on my, on my show. I've had a lot of people that have been authors on my show. And you want people to read your book. You want people to buy your book. You want people to know about you. And mm-hmm. you don't have to live um, in the U.S. to get this kind of help. Clearly, you are international. You're very well recognized. When people go and, and actually see all of the awards that you received and the things that you've done, and you started from the boots up, you, you did <laughs> not get your, you know, your MBA from Harvard. You know, you, you did this because, and, and I know Dave did this with you, and I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that, you know, it's been a family affair because you're not yep, just sure. a, you're not just a woman. You're not just a wife. You're also a mother. You have a life, and balancing it is never easy. And, you yep. know, today more than ever, you know, because we do have to have some balance. Do you at least get outside, Tracy, and take a walk and get some fresh air and take a deep breath oh. sometimes? I'm trying to do that. I'm so bad. My daughter keeps telling me to put the phone in. Everyone's telling me to do that more. And, you know, I've been making a bunch of lifestyle changes since January, at least. Good. Trying to, like, Good. pay more attention to what I'm eating and walking. Instead of just sitting at my desk, you know, grabbing for whatever's next to me, grabbing a, a Pepsi, grabbing yes. another coffee. I'm trying to drink water and be more mindful. Yes. That's important about mindset, too. I'm learning that. It is. <laughs> I'm learning. Because, the, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a great it's another great foundation because we have to understand that we have to take care of ourselves. By doing mm-hmm. some self-care, by taking care of ourselves, that allows us even more space to take care of others. And we have to start with ourselves. And, and if, it, if it's only 10 minutes a day and you have to set your clock and say, okay, this is my 10 minutes, I'm not going to look at the cell, I'm not going to take a call, I'm just going to sit in a mindful, quiet position, whatever that looks like, whatever you can visualize, whether it's the sky and the clouds or it's the flowers that are blooming or it's the bees that are buzzing, whatever that is, I want that for you as well. I want you to say your business is heart-centered and you need to Mm -hmm. take care of your heart as well, (laughs) Tracy. Because I need to take that into account. You do. You need to, you know, you have the to-do list. Add you to it. So um, <laughs> I just, seriously, I mean that. 
I need to spend time for that's myself. That's the only way I get saying, anything done. You're right. I would have to actually add it to my to-do list. Like, think about Tracy absolutely. now. <laughs> that's time for tra- just Tracy time. So I want to yeah. just thank you so very much for sharing your story, for connecting with me. For uh, I'm sure that everyone is going to be going to to Jimmy's website, and I and I and I will. I will look for that music. If it's on YouTube, I will absolutely hyperlink Beautiful. that in my follow-up blog awesome. so that people can hear this man sing. And um, I'm just so very grateful for you being a guest on my show today. This has really been wonderful, Tracy. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I've been thrilled to be on, too. Amazing questions, and it's a lot of fun. It is. All right, everybody. So I'm going to let everybody get on to your Monday, whether it's, two o'clock where I am or five o'clock where Tracy is or wherever you might be in the world, go out and do something that makes your heart feel happy. Be heart-centered. And join me next week. And bye for now, everybody. See you later.